What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, Managing Editor, FightfulMMA.com. Go over there, get all of your MMA news, get all of your MMA coverage. We've got videos, we've got podcasts, we've got interviews, a little bit of all that. In the morning, Sunday morning, that is, my watch, don't watch for UFC Ottawa will be up. It's it's the notes that guide this show each time. That way I don't get too lost. Uh, Leave a thumbs up on this video if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, we are on podcast platforms everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Libsyn, Spotify, all over the place. Lots to get into tonight, but this was not a great show. (laughs) Reminder, every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, we are live with the Fightful MMA podcast. Myself, Showdown Joe. This week will be James Lynch's last week. Before he moves on to the score, we are incredibly proud of James Lynch and uh, thank him for all that he's done for us at Fightful. Uh, just an incredible move, and the score is landing a big person. He will be Canada's Hawani. I know a lot of you are going to say, oh, Hawani's uh, Canadian. Yeah, well, he lives in America now. So big thanks to James Lynch. Uh, he has he breaks more wrestling news than wrestling journalists do, uh, most of them anyway. So we thank him big time. But we post uh, UFC rankings update videos, uh, betting betting odds, uh, all kinds of neat stuff over there. FightfulMMA.com. And our uh, live coverage area is one of the most active comment sections of any MMA website, period. And as we speak live right now, we have Canelo Alvarez versus Daniel Jacobs live coverage. I believe Carlos Toro is doing a post show for that as well. I'm going to get you all off of this show before Canelo and Jacobs happens. But uh, our comment section was uh, live tonight. Lots of people over there, over 500 comments. But let's go ahead and talk about this show. Some of the the fallout, the ramifications, and what we have going on here tonight. Let's get started early on. There was not a single fight on this prelim show that you all needed to watch. Cole Smith outlasted Mitch Gagnon. First two rounds, completely avoidable. Gagnon rocked Smith in round one, almost scores a big guillotine, but Gagnon hadn't fought in almost two and a half years. Before that, it was two years, and he had lost both of those fights. So now he hasn't won since October 2014 and is probably gone as a result. Watch maybe round three of this. <clears throat> Ariane Buehler against uh, Juan Adams. Uh, Buehler won this fight. At least that's how they pronounced his name. This was an interesting fight in that it did have a wrestling connection. And a lot of people who visit Fightful like that wrestling connection. Uh, Bueller was the guy that Jinder Mahal, former WWE champion, was supposed to walk to the cage in 2017 for his debut. But a hurricane prevented that. Jinder had to tend to his home. And Juan Adams actually had a WWE tryout last year. We've interviewed him several times on the site. Make sure you guys check that out. But I love that they played up that Bueller did not like Adams' demeanor and his uh, disdain for Adams being eccentric and unconventional. It's a good story to tell people that might not care about this bad blood that developed. Adams put the pain on Bueller early on. The size advantage was huge, and Adams used it really well. But he was knackered. In four minutes, I'm sorry, Juan, you got to come with something better than that, my man. Four minutes? Nuh-uh. Adams uh, cracked Bueller in the second round. Uh, Somebody says, it's Bueller, not Bueller. Hey, I'm just saying how they said it on the broadcast, my dude. 
But then Adams went right back to being tired and got dragged down. Bueller won this fight and then called out Andre freaking Arlovsky. Now I get it. I see why you're doing it. He used to be a UFC champion. He's winless in his last four fights, has two wins in his last 11, and hasn't had a good performance in a win since 2015. Both of these guys looked like fringe top 15 guys at best. And that is way better than the Matt Sales-Kyle Nelson fight. Matt Sales put us all out of our misery. Round three submission. Nelson ended up working for a toehold after getting rocked. And Bisping thought that anybody in MMA going for a leg lock is stupid, apparently. Hey, I don't know. They are if you're in poor position, which Bisping really hammered home, and he was. Nelson did look good on the the toehold, though. This is incredibly low-level MMA. There are a lot of positions that we should probably never see within the UFC that we saw in this fight. But it was uh, the story of this fight was that Sales had a pretty good right hand and that can stop really slow shots. Uh, Nelson just begged to be arm-triangled. I think he wanted out of there. He didn't really defend this very well. Sales won. Nordine Taleb outclassed Kyle Pripilek. You name him his decision. Yeah, Taleb needed this win to hang around the UFC, and he got it. He'll still be in the UFC to see his 38th birthday next month, but as this is going on, this un- underwhelming fight, we've got a guy over on Bellator MMA Europe in his second pro MMA fight. Granted, he is a high-level kickboxer, hitting a 360 spinning right hook KO. So a tale of two different cards here. Neither one that sexy on paper, but man, Bellator delivered a lot more than uh, <laughs> Bellator delivered a hell of a lot more than the UFC did in that regard. Because oh man, this this show was just full of uh, underwhelming fights and fights that didn't matter and fights that just weren't there. Speaking of Bellator, Brent Premis won. Fabian Edwards won, Pedro Carvalho, Ray Daniels. It's really all, all you got to talk about on that show. Jim Wallhead won. Cool. Uh, lots of decisions on on that prelim show, but uh, all all first round finishes on the main card. Vince Morales beat Eamon Zahavi. This fight wasn't good either. This was a sparring match. Huge waste of time for me, for you, for the people in the arena, for the fighters involved. Morales was able to put together some combos and looked a lot better than Zahabi in round three. Uh, Zahabi isn't cut out for the UFC, and the fact that he was so upset that he lost this fight but didn't really do anything to win it is pretty indicative. Macy Shiasen overwhelmed Sarah Morris. Now, Morris was one of my I got five on it picks as I thought she could get underneath Macy's hips and take her down pretty easily, which she did. She did. That happens, but not much else happens in four minutes. Macy was able to get back up, take more ass down, and throw some sick ground and pound. I love this. Uh, Macy lost the first four minutes of this fight, but not by like a wide margin. She just got laid on for four minutes. So she also took this took this remaining minute that she had and won the round as a result overwhelmed Morass. 
overwhelmed her and took that round. Morass couldn't recover for round two. She also does a lot of the same and ends up doing enough damage to stop the fight. Uh, compared to the rest of the prelims, watch this. Because Macy is a person that you're probably going to end up seeing fight a bigger... If she wants to fight at 145 against Megan Anderson, probably going to happen. If they bring in Felicia Spencer, probably going to happen. Because, I mean, uh, Felicia Spencer actually beat Macy in an amateur fight. I think you you have three names that could compete at that 145 division. And it's Macy, it's Megan Anderson, and it's... uh, uh, Felicia Spencer and honestly and cyborg if they get her in there that's four people who aren't the champion who could compete at 145 and to be honest with you that's as healthy as a women's 145 pound division has ever been has ever been I say do it but I know that she didn't make 135 either or else she didn't uh, the first go around <clears throat> Andrew Sanchez defeated Mark andre Barry out. I'm pretty sure there aren't a lot of people who know these guys. Sanchez landed some strikes in the first round. Uh, the best part of the entire card to this point was when these two got into a clinch and slugged it out during the second round. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Uh, the one-minute exchange is great. Well worth going out of your way to see. The highlights of this fight will be all right. Sanchez gets booed. And tries to win the crowd back. Don't do that. If the crowd boos you and you're like, oh man, but I love Canada. No. Just just rock with it. Say, screw Canada. It sucks. I'm up here for the free health care and that's it. Because I think he said he lives in Montreal now. I don't know. Sanchez has won two in a row. Here's the thing. He's never had a finish in the UFC. But all of his finishes on the regional circuit were finishes. So I'm sure the UFC feels like, to a degree, they were sold a bill of goods on this guy. He came up through tough. He had one finish. But other than that, he's not finishing guys. And you got to finish guys. Walt Harris finished people. I've never seen Walt Harris look better than this. And we're going to have us a long talk about Walt Harris. We sure as hell are because he's really coming along. This is not the Walt Harris that we knew from a while back. Uh he opened up with front kicks, then just over overpowered Sergey Spivak, put the pain on him, just overwhelming, beat the brakes off of him. This show needed this fight. And, and what we're going to talk about isn't really this fight because Walt Harris, 35 years old, he's going to be 36 next month. At heavyweight, you can do that. And his 12-7 and 7 record is... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Very deceiving. And let me tell you why. He was not found at fault for the substance that he tested positive from where he fought Arlovsky. So he should probably be 13 and 7 right now. Well, before that, he beat Daniel Spitz and won that in round two. Before that, he fought Mark Godbeer. 
and lost due to an illegal kick. Okay, that'll happen. He was a heavy favorite there. Not really a loss. Before that, he took that last-minute no-loss situation fight against Fabricio Verdum. You can exclude that. You look at this. He beat Spivak. He beat Arlovsky. He beat Spitz. The Godbeer and Werdum fights, how can you even really count those? He is 5-6, and six, won no contest there. But one of those is by DQ. One of those was a fight he took the day of against Fabricio Verdum on Lord knows what substance. Who knows what the hell Verdum was on. And before that, he beat Surreal Asker and Chase Sherman. Hey, you know, I'm going to have a soft spot for anybody who beats up Cody East, who is a just a fantastic piece of shit. Walt Harris is underrated. Very underrated. And the Shamil Abdurakimov fight, <clears throat> Abdurakimov won that, but it, it was a closer fight. There, there hasn't been a fight that he has been out of out other than the Verdum fight since Soa Pillay in 2014. Other than that, he's been in all these fights. I think that he should get a, a good opponent his next go around. Give him a top 15 guy. I like the idea of maybe Tai Tuivasa or somebody. I, I'm just saying his record is incredibly deceiving. He's had about nine, ten fights, a good stretch that, that isn't reflected very much. Mir Abdalashvili defeated Brad Katona. Katona is already at the point where he's on a main card, but for tonight's show, it's not saying a lot, and I think that he really needed to show something in this, and he didn't. He had nice work in the clinch, but Davashvili is able to trip and take him down a few times. Davashvili won this, and this isn't a good one, but considering that Devavashvili got hosed a year ago against Ricky Simone and against Frankie Sines, good for him. Marab Davashvili is another person with a deceiving record. 2-2 two and two in the UFC, he should be 4-0. This should be a guy that we're talking about getting a good fight in the division. And Brad Catone is a pretty good fight in the division, but fight blue, man. Not good. Shane Burgos defeated Cub Swanson. That's it for Swanson, man. I keep thinking of him as a guy who can compete at this higher level. He can't, man. And Burgos is at that higher level now. He's 5-1 in the UFC. He's better. He's younger. He's faster. He really used his range and his speed and and his power to uh, just beat down Cub. He countered very well, he being Burgos. And we're looking at Cub Swanson. He's lost four in a row now. Look at the people that he's lost to. Moicano, Edgar, Ortega. Holloway, Lamas, Mendez, Aldo, even Pulver at the time. Even Pulver at the time was a, a pretty high-level high level guy. And I know that he got beat by Shannon Gugarty, who was in the UFC. You know, you, you could lose the worst people in your first ever pro fight, but Swanson ain't there, man. He hasn't won in over two years now, and he's also not having fight-of-the-night performances in those losses. Now, the good thing about, about him is I get the feeling he's probably made some decent money along the way because he's got, man, there was a three, four-year period where he had like 
or no, it was a five-year period where he had seven fight of the night bonuses. But he's 35 years old, and he's not getting knocked out. That's the thing. He he almost never gets knocked out, hasn't since the Aldo KO. But he, he's getting peppered and, and beaten away at, and he's getting submitted. So, I mean, maybe the UFC will keep him around for that. And if you're going to keep him around to be, you know, third from the top on a, a pointless fight night show, I guess. But this this fight wasn't good. I mean, I don't want to say this. This performance wasn't good. Burgos was very good. It's worth it to watch this for Shane Burgos, but the highlights for this will suffice again. Derek Brunson, number nine, defeated number 13, Elias Theodore. This sucks, man. Elias stuffed an early takedown, but uh, fights out of another from Brunson. He gets taken down. Elias' ability to get up was pretty impressive and happened in several spots. Also, Elias could have very well just rolled over and got beaten in the first round, but he stopped a second-round takedown, made Brunson catch some air on punches. But this is just my opinion from the outside looking in. The awkward style, and by that I mean punches that nobody else is doing and nobody else is training against. I'm talking like just the standing backhands, the swats downward. Uh, not good. Joseph Bosa says he sucks, needs to be cut. Uh, no, not when you got that kind of record. You don't get to 17-2 and two by sucking. Maybe you get there by not having exciting fights, which is true. But uh, he's important in Canada for them. Yeah, I mean, he was the co-main event here. He's the top 15 fighter. So, no. Uh, I, I get that. He's not aggressive, and I was hoping that this fight would bring it out of him, and it didn't. This was, I think, the worst possible way that this fight could have been. It was boring. Brunson nailed a big takedown, but those awkward, loopy, sloppy strikes just weren't getting the job done. He was taking off balance an awful lot. This was just a rough, rough watch, man. These punches aren't working on Brunson. Don't bother watching this, man. This one blew. All due respect to my dude Elias. Uh, I, I consider him a buddy, but whew, this wasn't working. He ends a three-fight losing or winning streak, so he's won three of his last four, but doesn't have a finish in four years. That's got to change. That's got to change. And I thought, I think that they thought that Brunson was going to bring the aggression out in him. It didn't. Brunson stops a two-fight losing streak. He got beat by Adesanya, Jacare. He's been beaten by Anderson Silva, Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, Jacare. Again, so he loses a top-level talent. And I just don't think Elias is up there in that top five where all those other guys are. Donald Cerrone, number eight, beat down Ally Aquinta, number four. What a fight. Easily fight of the night. There's a lot of feeling out in this first round until the last two minutes. A Cerrone knee catches Iaquinta, but Iaquinta doesn't sell it. This is a fun stand-up battle, man. Cerrone connected with a great left hand, and Iaquinta is busted open in the third. But Iaquinta ate uh, one kick too many and gets dropped as a result. Cerrone just had a great performance. Cerrone's so fun to watch, and a well-rounded fighter that is still somehow underrated. Joseph Boza says 49-45 on two scorecards and a 49-46. Sound like two judges gave Donald a 10-8. I'm okay with that too. Cerrone kept the heat on till the end of the fight. With one minute left, he had to know he was up, but he didn't want to leave it to chance. And just drilled 
Iaquinta. He's won three in a row, now four out of five. And I, I picked Cerrone to win this fight. I didn't think that Iaquinta had been active enough to beat this guy. Let me let me just run this down. Iaquinta's last win was against Kevin Lee, and that Kevin Lee was not the Kevin Lee. This Kevin Lee at 155 since the Ferguson fight is not the Kevin Lee that we all know. He got beat by Nurmagomedov, even though he made it to 150 or he made it to the scorecards, whatever. Before that, he hadn't fought since 2017. Before that, he hadn't fought since 2015. So I'm looking at that, and I'm like, I can't put a lot of stock in that stuff, man. Now, some of those wins look really good. The Masvidal win looks really good. Uh, The Kevin Lee win still looks pretty good. Both of them do. But I thought Cerrone was going to win this. Can we get this McGregor fight already for the Agro Crag World Championship? Cerrone has mentioned that he's 3-0 since becoming a father. That's awesome. That is awesome. Good for him. He is an exciting fighter. He is a charismatic fighter. If you're the UFC, why are you not putting this as a main event on anything? You know who to ask about this? Anybody on any undercard. Hey, do you want Cerrone versus McGregor to main event the show? They'll say, hell yeah, we do. Give us those pay-per-view points. You ask Daniel Cormier, he'll probably say, get Conor McGregor on my fight card. I want those pay-per-view points, especially in an ESPN era where you damn well need it. And they're lowballing Brock Lesnar because of this deal. Leave us a thumbs up on this video, guys. Subscribe to Fightful. Visit FightfulMMA.com. Spread the word. Our MMA section still growing. Joe Holbert about to take over in a week and a half as MMA lead writer. Make sure you guys join us. Live coverage every week. Next week, we have UFC 237. That's Rose Namajunas defending her title against Jessica Andrade. Betch Kohea against Irene Aldana. Uh, Little Nog in action. You have Anderson Silva, Jared Cannonier, Tiago Alves, former title contender in action. BJ Penn, Clay Guida. Jose Aldo versus Volkanovski. Some decent fights on that show. Thank you guys so much. Remember, subscribe. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.